My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The rulers sneered at Jesus and said, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him, there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen, I say to you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The last time we heard this Gospel was as we entered into Holy Week on Palm Sunday and we heard the Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ from St. Luke those lengthy chapters and all those verses intentionally disorient us out of our our ordinary experience when we come to Sunday Mass. The scriptures almost overwhelmed us as we recounted the, the full range of human emotions and reactions in the face of this this great mystery of our faith of the passion and death and resurrection of Jesus. Well today as the Catholic Church celebrates this this feast of our Lord Jesus Christ, the, the King of the universe, which is an incredibly bold declaration. There's nothing ambiguous about that. You can imagine politicians and empires, monarchs would all immediately be suspicious or worse, threatened by that claim. Yet we propose as our proof this brief excerpt from that lengthy passion narrative. A scene of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, being reviled, mocked, and dying on a cross. Adding to the insult, the one phrase that keeps recurring, let him save himself. If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Are you not the Christ? Save yourself. It's kind of jarring to realize that In this somewhat short gospel passage we just heard, it was only eight verses, three times Jesus is ridiculed with those same words. A cold and detached sentiment. Save yourself. Those two little words reveal a level of hatred that might go unnoticed when we're numbed by the full weight of the passion on Palm Sunday. Because we know that Jesus has been nailed to the cross and dying, not as a punishment for being a criminal that 
on some level, you could argue the guy's getting what he deserved, not that anyone would deserve that type of cruelty. With this repeating of that phrase, save yourself, you see the depths of evil. Because if Jesus isn't God, as so many of them argued that he wasn't, then he was just some crazy guy, he's a blasphemer who was just starting trouble. And if that's the case, then the leaders and the guards and the passers-by wouldn't need to stand there and witness the spectacle. They didn't do that for other criminals, nor certainly not for mentally unstable individuals that the empire just wanted to be rid of, like trash. Yet they make it a point to be there to witness it all. So this first possibility that they thought Jesus was a crazy troublemaker who they taunt over and over with that heartless save yourself to the poor man who's powerless and dying, it seems beyond cruel. But the other possibility seems even more frightening. Did they recognize Jesus was who he said he was? That's why it wasn't enough for him just to be sentenced to death. They wanted to be there. And they have all their their fingers prepared to point to someone else to dismiss any responsibility they have for this. The Jewish leaders can point to the Romans who were the actual executioners. The Romans can point to the Jews saying they didn't care about Jesus until they made a big deal about him. At best, they're putting God to the test. Well, Jesus, supposedly you did all those miracles and stuff. Let's see you get out of this one. At worst, well, they decide to kill God. Both sound pretty shocking that it can't be right. Which is why I think it bothered me so much just as I'm sitting with it. Because think about it. Let's not put the scene back at some historic event a Good Friday 2,000 years ago. Isn't this scene played out over and over again? Don't we continue to put God and put Jesus to the test? God, if I get that promotion. Lord, if I ace that class. Jesus, if you cure me of this, then, then, then what? Then God is God. Then Jesus deserves my praise and my worship. Then I'll know that he loves me. If not, then what's the alternative? That this has all just been a colossal hoax, a 2,000-year conspiracy? That Jesus is not really who he said he was? That there's no hope, nothing to believe in? As we sit at Mass on a Sunday hearing those extremes laid out like that, we realize how irrational it sounds. Yet, when we don't get the promotion, or we don't ace the class, or we don't get the miracle cure, The lies told by the devil, the father of lies, can enter into our hearts. The doubts and the fears can take root. We start to think God doesn't care. That Jesus doesn't love us because he's not operating the way we think he should be. We start to believe that there's nothing left to do but to save myself. And we start to go it alone becoming stuck in a world of isolation, surrounded by many, many other people who are stuck in that same world of isolation. You can be around a lot of people and be incredibly lonely. 
thinking that because God hasn't responded the way I thought he should, I'm not interested in what Jesus has to say, how he might want to speak to my wounds or my pains or my fears because I've shut him out. I've convinced myself I have to save myself. And if that becomes our reality, it's easy to hear people look at Jesus on the cross and say, yeah, and you know what, Jesus? Save yourself. The other possibility still plays out too. That same desire to kill God and replace him with a, a new one that seems more fashionable, which is the height of ego. We'd rather choose something we ourselves have made. Some, for example, will twist science from something that helps us to unlock and explore all the the secrets to this complex and beautiful creation of God's. Or twist philosophy from reflecting on, on what it means to be a community, what it means to be a just society, how we're supposed to see and treat each other as being made in his own divine image. And they'll twist and distort those things to proclaim there's no God. At least with the first lie that because God didn't answer my pray, prayers the way I, I wanted them, that he doesn't love me. You could say people fall for that because they're just upset over some pain or some hurt or some disappointment in their lives. This second lie is, is worse because it's just so arrogant. We tell ourselves we're the masters of our own destinies. We've convinced ourselves that we can save ourselves. And in that realm, people can look at Jesus on the cross and want him dead. Want God gone. Because they see him as a threat to even more scientific advances. Or to be able to have more power and control over themselves and each other. We decide we can save ourselves and good luck Jesus doing the same. Our king though calls humanity to his throne the wooden, blood-soaked cross of his. The reality is he could save himself. He could end the insults. He could take out his enemies very quickly and very quickly get everything under control once and for all, make us subject to him, demanding our loyal obedience. But he doesn't. He listens to the taunts being uttered at him questioning his motives, doubting he is who he says he is, as humanity decides to to sit as judge, jury, and executioner. Instead of dealing with us on our own terms, he submits to the torturous death. He allows the madness of sin and the father of lies to believe for a second he's victorious, as that chorus repeats over and over in its demeaning, condescending way, save yourself. Jesus Christ, our King, reigning from that cross, reveals the depth, the sincerity, and the ultimate victorious authority of His law of love as He responds to humanity, I'd rather save you.